let's start off in Romans chapter number 8. Romans 8. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to, let me, in fact, you know what? Let me do this. I've not done this in a really, really long time. Can I get a couple of readers? Who, 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 Tim, great. Anybody else? I'll take another one if, Steve. Um, here's what I want, here's my plan. I, I don't often give my outline of uh, this is what I'm trying to, going to try to do this morning, but I'm going to give that to you up front. Um, I'm going to go through Romans 8, and we're going, I'm going to really kind of unpack that for you. Um, which means we're going to have to run through quite a bit in the Old Testament because Romans 8 references it. So we need to figure out why in the world Paul is saying what he's saying here. So um, you'll need to get your fingers limber and ready to do, you know, get your fingers to do the walking through the Old Testament. Then um, my hope is to then tell you why is this important. We have been um, talking about revival and the importance of, uh, last week we started talking about the importance of having a, a vision for renewal. And Romans 8 plays a, a major part in that. And uh, why is that important? Why is it important that we have that vision for renewal, not just uh, renewal meaning a good feeling for us where the, where the Lord comes and you know, blesses us and, and helps us and makes His presence known. And we go, boy, the Lord loves us and that's great but a renewal for where we live, a renewal for the earth, a renewal for um, the, our communities around us. Okay, so why is, why is that important, uh, Romans 8 here, so that we can, we can see that process? And then um, towards the, you know, the, the third thing is I, I really have, um, I believe, an application Especially, that'll be really appropriate for a number of people because out of Romans eight, I, I believe if we can grasp this, um, then it'll really help us in taking the next step because that's what that's where we need to go. Um, I, I tell you what, um, Tim, could you hit the first eleven verses, and then Steve, would you mind doing twelve through twenty-five? And I'm going to actually turn that that direction so that so Romans eight for those who are listening at home, if you can't hear um, Romans it's Romans eight one, and we're going to just read through that together. Okay. Yeah, good. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who, are, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. 
So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you so that even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. And one of the one of the things you, you definitely see in uh, this passage is is a real emphasis on the spirit. You have the spirit versus the flesh. You have um, the ability to inherit the things of God and to walk in the things of the Lord. And the only way you can do that is by the spirit. Right? But at the same time, it talks about the creation of God, right? And the creation was subject to, uh, it says futility, what the, what the word there is, it basically means um, uh, degradation. It means that, that it's um, crumbling. It's, uh, I don't know the exact right word, but it's um, decomposing, okay? That, that's, the, that's the idea there. Uh, but the creation itself, it says it was put under futility, it was put under its curse. We'll see that in just a minute. And it's longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Again, sons, the, the 
children of God. So um, where, where does the uh, spirit first come into play? Anybody remember? This is important.
dust. And what we see, you all know this story, right? Genesis chapter 3. Well, what happens with Adam and Eve? You have, you have the tree of two trees, right? What what are the two trees? The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right, the tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, we saw this just a few weeks ago, right? Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to hammer this in a little bit, right? Let's. By the way, this is an amazing, amazing book. Okay. Amen. Yeah. I, I know, I believe, I think everybody in here believes that this isn't just a history book. It's not just a book that was uh, really neatly put together by a whole book. This is a book that the, the big A author, God, right, wove through all of history. But even if you did not believe that this book is a holy, God-inspired book, it's still amazing. All right. I hope you do believe that. Okay, that that God is the author. But um, there was a there was a book that I read in in, um, in school uh, by a um, a non practicing non believing Jew about the narrative of the Old Testament, and he went on and on and and, and he, he basically said it was the editor that put all these together. And I'm going, it's it's the big A author that put it all together. But but he's he's he went through and said, boy, this is an amazing, amazing, amazing book that someone could, could be this brilliant to put all of this all together. Mm-hmm. All right? Yes, there is a brilliance behind, <laughs> right? It's, it's called God. But even, I'm saying that because even if someone doesn't believe, they need to look and see how amazing this is, that God can put all of this together. All right, Genesis 3, you have the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you have the tree of life, right? Adam and Eve took of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, sin entered into the world, and God um, cursed um, you know, Adam and Eve, said you have to work for your, your food now, the, the, and actually cursed the ground too. Uh, this is chapter 3, verse 17. Curses the ground because of you, and toil you'll eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles shall grow for you. You will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. You will eat bread till you return to the ground. Because from, from it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And um, look at verse 24. He drove the man out um, at the east, and at the east of the garden... He stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Okay, so he drove man, the Adam and Eve out of the garden. They didn't. He didn't want them to eat, come back and eat from the tree of life and live forever. Yeah, we see. We get to eat of the tree of life, right? Because we have life within us. Let me. Let me show you something real quick, and we can jump back over to the Old Testament. I might just tell the story. Uh, flip over to John chapter one, John one one. If I'm if I'm flipping around too much, and you're like, I, I didn't get that. Feel free to stop me. It's okay. I I want you. It's more important for me to. I I know this is 
weaving this tapestry, okay? Right? I want you all to get this. This is amazing that God put all this together. John 1.1 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. Okay, did we just see in the beginning? Mm-hmm. What, what was happening in the beginning? Creation. Creation. The Spirit, right? The Spirit was hovering over the... Over the why would John start this out as in the beginning the Word? Right, he did. But this is what John is doing is he's saying the old creation was back here. At the coming of Christ, the new creation is breaking in. It's the beginning of a whole new creation. By the way, the, the, the Godhead, is uh, the, tri- the Trinity is seen in Genesis 1. You know that, right? You have, you have um, the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. You have God the Father doing what? Speaking... Speaking what? The Word. Right? You have the Word going forth. You have, in John 1, in the beginning was the Word. In Him was what? Verse, uh, verse 4. Life. What was in Adam? Life. God breathed into him the breath of life. Right? The Spirit, Jesus was enabled by the Spirit of God from his very um, conception to to be the initiator of the new creation. That's why John did this. And if you look through uh, John 1, it's amazing because he, he does it in days and kind of goes, flips back to the um, creation concept. It's really, it's really a cool thought. So you, let me uh, just, I'm going to tell you this story more, but you can go think back with me. All right? so you've got in the cre- old creation, right? We went back, Adam and Eve, they take of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the ground gets cursed. They get kicked out of the garden. And then there is a man that comes along who God says, um, I'm going to do something through your family. I'm going to give you a promised son. Who is that? Abraham. Abraham, right? Abraham is the, the father of... Nations. Okay. Father of faith. We'll get into the nations part here in just a second. Now, how many, um, who was his first kid? Ishmael. 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 Right? Who was a child really after the flesh? Right? Remember, um, uh, Sarah couldn't conceive, and so she came up with this great plan. Hey, why don't you take my handmaid, and why don't you have a baby through her, which is, at that time, really what, we think today, like, uh, that's really weird. <laughs> like, right? I, I can't have a kid, so Ruth takes her, her servant and says, hey, why don't you have a kid with her? That, you know, we're like, nah, but, but back then it was, that was not uncommon, okay? So we can't think our day back at that time. It really wasn't an uncommon thing. So, the, but the first child, Ishmael, was after the flesh, right? So when, when Abraham 
when Abraham dies, do you know where he sends Ishmael? I don't expect you. He sends him to the east. Right? Really, it's a, it's a looking back, Adam went out to the east. Ishmael and, his, and the others to the east. Right? But the child of promise is who? Isaac. Isaac. Uh, Genesis um, 22. Okay, God, this is where, Genesis 22, you, you, you know this passage. Um, God tells uh, Abraham to take Isaac, his son, and go and sacrifice him. Which, by the way, what, what is this passage a picture of? Jesus, right? right? Isn't, this a, isn't this a cool book? I mean, God, thousands of years before Christ? Um, by the way, uh, people didn't realize that for a long time. And then they started seeing where it says, Now take your son, your only son. Went, eventually they went, Oh, John 3.16. Amazing. Imagine that. Um, so, uh, look down where uh, verse verse 15. Uh, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, And behold, this is after he'd stopped him, and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, Indeed, I will greatly bless you and, will mul- and greatly multiply your seed. Who's, who's the seed of Abraham? Okay. Who, out, of, out of Galatians 3. People who follow Jesus. 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 Then we get to, okay. This all has to do with Romans 8. Okay? We'll, we'll get back there. This all has to do with Romans 8. Um, so, I will greatly... Uh, <coughs> Where to go? Um, I'll greatly multiply your seed and the stars of the heavens, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall be possessed the gates of their enemy. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So, who who gets the nations? Who inherits the nations? Okay, but the seed, right? The seed gets the nations. Right, let me show that to you one other place. I, I want you, this, this is, I, I'm not pulling stuff out of thin air. Okay? Look at, look at, the, look at the second psalm. Okay, this is one of my favorite psalms. This is one of my favorite passages in the scripture. I probably come to I, the girls go, Daddy, you always preach out of that, 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 that. Okay, Psalm 2. <laughs> Um, verse 7 says I will surely tell the decree of the Lord he said to me you are my son today I have begotten you by the way that's at the resurrection Acts 13 in Romans 1 if you want to find so I, you're my son today I have begotten you after the father sacrificed the only son Abraham Right? Ask of me, and I will surely give thee what nations as your inheritance. 
right? The very ends of the earth is your possession. So who so initially, okay, God God owns the earth, right? The earth is the Lord's and, and everything it contains. We said that, correct? Correct. Okay. So who inherits the earth and the nations from God initially? The seed. The seed. Jesus. Right? Galatians three. The seed of Abraham is it, not, it, Paul says, is not seeds, plural, but one seed meaning Christ. So Jesus inherits the nations from the Father. Now, let's see if I'm missing anything here. Yeah, let me, let me do... Um, Let me do one other passage, and then then we'll go back to Romans 8. Um, Isaiah chapter 61. says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. Who, 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 who said this? Who, I mean, who, um, who declared this scripture of himself? Jesus. Jesus, thank you. So the Spirit, you see, the, the Spirit is on him. He has sent me to bind up the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to captives, to and freedom to prisoners to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Look here. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations, they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers will stand and pasture their flocks, and foreigners will be, their, uh, will be your farmers and your vine dressers. You'll be called the priests of the Lord. You, you see that? That because the Spirit of God, the face of the earth is renewed. Okay? And there's other passages I can go to as well. Now, now flip over to Romans 8. Let's go back over here to Romans 8. <laughs> I told you we would. Hey, Pastor Ryan, it looks like you're like, uh, jumping from one spot right now to another. Okay, Roman, Romans 8. Right. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Okay, not by Adam, right? For you, if you are living according to the flesh, you can, if you're living like Adam, you must die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you'll live. For all, uh, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you've not received a spirit of slavery, right, like Adam, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption, as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs. Heirs of who? God. Think about that. We are an heir of the one who created everything. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. And it's all because the, the Spirit of God dwells within us and we have been positioned by his Spirit to be an heir of the one who created everything. So what what is what does God own? Everything. Right? And Jesus, we just saw Jesus, he asked the Father for for what is his inheritance? The nations. Right? So what is our inheritance as joint heirs with Jesus? The nations. Right? Which is the promise even to Isaac, that the nations would be blessed because the promised seed. And the Spirit of God goes out to recreate, to regenerate, to renew. Right? New nations, new cities, new people. How, how does it happen? It happens one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Right? As more people, one person at a, at a time gets renewed, then you have, you, have new, you have new towns, and you have, you have new cities, and you have new states. You have new nations. You have new governments. You have the face of the world being renewed as we each person gets, gets the Holy Spirit within them and acts as the regenerator by the Holy Spirit. Now, why is this so important? You know, um, maybe a month and a half or so ago, we, we talked about the um, the Jesus movement, right? And that the Jesus movement was a, a quite a revival. Um, I, I think I mentioned in here there was a, a. If I didn't mention it, I had it in my notes to mention um, one of the the one of the number one books. During that time, uh, it, virtually every Christian had a Bible and this oh, book. Great, great planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Tim had it. Yep. The late great planet Earth. The late Alan great planet C. Earth. And it's still, I, I looked it up, it's still one of like the top ten um, most selling uh, books. You know, then, you know, it's, it's of course... After the Bible, and you've got Pilgrim's Progress, and Fox's Broken Martyrs, and different stuff in there. But late great planet Earth, everybody had. Now, you fast forward to the renewals that took place uh, with Toronto, with uh, Brownsville, Pensacola, and uh, I, this is just me, okay? So this is just what I, I but I really was, was meditating on this and really asking the Lord, and I. I believe what he was was saying is the reason those that renewal did not become more of a revival and go out more is because it happened with the children 
of, not the children, but those who were part of the Jesus movement, who had the late great planet Earth as their second text, if you will. Okay? Because in the, in the late great planet Earth, what you, what you see is everything goes south. Look at it. Okay? It's, you know, Russia, kaboom. You know, eastern, you know, the east, far east, kaboom. You know, the Mideast, kaboom. Uh, Europe, kaboom. Everything is, is, in this book, is, is all, everything goes south. So the, the, um, the phrase that came up was, why shine the brass on a sinking ship? If everything's going to get worse, well, well, then let's just have a happy, healthy, holy club and let's just be good together. Right? But I'm saying this because I believe the, re- the revival that God has for us, we have to take bigger steps. We have to, we have, to have the vision to be able to see these, to say, okay, this revival is not just for us to be renewed. But renewal for us is good and great and wonderful and praise God for it. Lord, please let it happen, right? But we need to have the vision and say, look, it's not just for us, it's for the nations. Starting right outside the, our, our front door, right? Okay? Let's, let's, let's take this out. Let's, let's, get, let's get them the gospel. Let's, and let's have this vision that this renewal, this revival, it's not just to be a part of the church, but it is to change and to shake the nations themselves, so that the nations will come in. This is, this is the Great Commission. Go into all the nations and to disciple them. Right? Amen. What happens if the nations get discipled? Think about it. What if China gets discipled as a nation? What if Iran gets discipled? What if, what if Germany? What if Saudi Arabia... What if India? What if Afghanistan? What if, what if Russia totally comes in and they say, we're going to follow God, we're going to follow Christ because Jesus asked for the nations, right? Do you think the Father's going to say, no, you can't have it, sorry. Right? Come on. But as this revival comes, we need to, to have the vision that it's not just for us but it's for everyone out there. God may renew us first, and that's great, praise God. Please do it, Lord. But it's for, it's, it's not for us, it's for out there. And we have to have a vision. Of, of, let's get, let's see these nations discipled, but let me, um, let me take this next step here, okay? Because this says, for you've not received, this is verse 15, I'm gonna read it again. Um, you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, children, by which we cry out, Abba, Father! The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. If children, heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ. One of the great differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament, in the Old Testament... The, uh, they, would, they would pray, and it was to the, to the great and glorious God above, right? It was um, to, the, to the most holy God, and he is, 
right? There's nothing wrong with that. But the great difference comes when Jesus says, let me teach you how to pray. Father. In the Old Testament, it was not pray to God the Father. It was not, it was not He is my daddy. That's what Abba is. Abba is, you know, that, that is the, the Aramaic. Uh, um, it's it's uh, the, um, what, what's the, the first words a kid says? A baby. Abba, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Dada. That's Abba. And that's the great difference that in the New Testament we get to call him Daddy. Hallelujah. You know, I have a great dad, earthly dad. I always had a great relationship with my dad. I know I can go to my dad and say, Hey, Dad, can you help me with X, Y, and Z? And if it's in his power to do so, He's going to say, absolutely, whatever I can do to help. But there's a huge disconnect because I know a lot of people don't have that wonderful earthly example. Some people have had a dad that, well, some people have not had a dad. Maybe their dad wasn't ever there. Maybe not even by his own choice. Maybe... you know, a dad passed away, or maybe there there wasn't a dad, and there there was never a dad in the picture. Some people had a terrible dad. They weren't a dad who had, uh, who loved, much less a dad who gave, or you could just call on and say, "Dad, can you help me with this?" Some people had an awful experience with their dad. which hinders us, I believe, from going to our Heavenly Father and believing that He's going to give us the inheritance that He said that He would give to us. Because if you don't have that example on the earth of, hey, Dad, would you, would you help me with X, Y, and Z? And Him saying, sure, son. Absolutely, daughter. I'll do, I'll, I, whatever, you can, whatever I have, I'll give to you. If you haven't had that example, then it's hard to go to your Heavenly Father and believe and trust and say, Daddy, the nations. Daddy, the, the people right outside the front door here. The, Daddy, the, the, the city, it needs to be renewed. Daddy, would, Daddy, would you send, send your spirit? Daddy, where, where is it? And you know, what the Lord says here in this verse is that He will send His Spirit, which bears witness with our spirit and cries out, Abba, Father. It's the Spirit who gives witness to that goodness and greatness of our Heavenly Father. I can stand up here and um, uh, you know, tell you all the goodness of God, and most of you have, have heard that many times. You know, he, God was uh, God was the first hallmark. He 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 cared enough to send his very best, right? 
And he is. He's an awesome God. He's a wonderful, loving Father. And you can know that up here. But a lot of times there's still that disconnect in here. And I believe what the only way to get around that disconnect is to receive the witness of the Holy Spirit who's going to, inside you, cry out, Daddy! Abba! Daddy! God! Father! And that's what I want to pray for you all today. Okay, I'm going to, in just a moment, I'm going to basically close the service and pray. But I believe that each one of us needs to have the faith to be able to call on our Father, our Heavenly Father, our really, really good Father, our most loving Father, and receive everything that He has for us. And a lot of you need that recognition by the Holy Spirit that there is a really good Father up there for you. This, this is what I'm going to ask, okay? After I pray, I'm going to close the service and pray in just a second. And then, if that's you, if you, if you say, look, you know, that's me, I, you know, I, hopefully you had a great dad. I, I really hope that, that you, this isn't you. I hope it's not you at all. All right. If it's not you, you can you can pray for everybody else. But um, if that's you, and you say, "Look, I I've got that disconnect." All right. After I close the service, would you come up here and let me pray for you? Because it's not going to be about me telling you how good God is. One more time. It's going to be about receiving the Holy Spirit and letting Him tell you how good God is. All right. And that's why I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray for each person who wants to come up, all right, that I'm that they will receive the witness of the Holy Spirit as their as the as the, the Holy Spirit telling your spirit, you've got a wonderful Heavenly Father. Alright? So I'm gonna just close this service and pray, and then whoever's whoever that is, I just invite you to come forward. Father, thank you so much. Lord, thank you that that you are beyond compare. Lord, you're amazing, you're holy, you're wonderful. You are the only God. You You are the creator. You are the sustainer. You're the beginning, you're the end. You're the one who sustains life, who gives us our breath, each step that we take and you are the you you are the love that all other loves is judged by Lord thank you for that Lord I I bless each person here today I bless them in the name of the Lord I bless their, their family with protection with peace with your goodness your grace your mercy Lord, let your Holy Spirit come. Let your Spirit descend upon us in power. And come and and rest on on not just this location, but each one of us. And and even our family members that aren't here this morning, 
Lord, let your Holy Spirit rest on them. Let us be transformed in your presence. And Lord, as we go today, I pray that you'll bless each person here with whatever they need in life, Lord, whether that is finances or hope, strength, peace, joy, love, kindness, holiness. Lord, let them go with your provision and your protection that nothing would be able to come near to them to, to harm them in any way. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.